0: hi guys welcome to your questions answered um this is a podcast we do every week we have various guests and hosts but usually i'll hosting it and it's been fun we have a conversation about um the sermon of the past week and just kind of discuss it it's more conversational and um and it's a way to, to kind of talk through some of the things that have been brought up through the sermon so um this past sunday pastor stevie talked about um who would build the church and you mentioned that Jesus, the builder, referring to Matthew 16, I believe when he says, uh, that upon this rock, I'll build this church. Yeah. Um, I love to just look at that passage here a few minutes ago, and I love that it talks about Jesus being personally involved. Yeah. And he's the first person I I would build, not not a, didn't delegate that aspect of, he wanted to be personally involved in it. Yeah. Um, but you, you took the sermon and from that framework, um, spoke about every saint in the church being involved in the the building with Jesus as the chief builder but us as, as coming alongside the living stones he talked about. So the question is, um, you know, for folks who say, well maybe we start with this. What are the common excuses you hear people say when they want to remain a spectator in the church? Um and can we talk about that a little bit? Maybe to start go from there
1: yeah so um i mean most people don't talk about it they just sort of believe the church is a place where i attend and hoping that they can scoot out the door when service is over and not get involved Mm -hmm. for most of those i would say number one answer would be they deal with some kind of hurt rejection probably most likely from another church experience they had they had a bad experience with a saint at another church and that's how they ended up at the church they're in now or they had a bad experience with leadership maybe they got burned in ministry or they got burned from somebody ministering to them you know like we have a saying here make sure the way you go about deliverance accepts that somebody doesn't need deliverance from their deliverance that there's you know there, there's ways of ministry that can be hurtful Sometimes we're all in process you know people are doing their best to love and express God's love and sometimes fall short on that you know particularly somebody who's gone through a grievous experience you know a loss of some sort that really hit them deeply and somebody well-intentioned wanted to minister to them and said something maybe a little harsh clumsy wording all all in good faith trying to help whatever but most people i think they, they don't really engage with a conversation with the leadership of the church whether it's pastors or team leaders in a discussion of how can i be involved here what can i do to offer and serve and uh i think some believe that they don't have anything that the church needs i think i address that whole we have a pastoral staff or we have you know fivefold fold leaders who will do that work and um while i do believe of course leadership should be hands-on and involved in ministry it's not for the sake of everybody just coming to get fed on a sunday morning Um, if I'm going to be real about it, which I will be, and how I got real on Sunday with it, I I think for most, we've just become very Mm self-absorbed. Um, I think our generation right now is wrestling with self-absorption, even narcissism more than ever. You know, social media is partly responsible for that. But I think coming out of COVID and the effects of being isolated, quarantined, uh, the world kind of shutting down. People working remotely. People not really engaging in face-to-face, life-to-life fellowship. That we've gotten ourselves in a rut. And um, you know, I'd I'd hoped and ask God for an anointing to break us out of that rut. That staying home and watching church online is not church. Amen. That attending a church and just receiving, singing along with the worship, receiving the message, receiving prayer and ministry. That that we need to break out of that rut, that everybody's necessary, everybody has a role to play. So maybe some, many. I think many are stuck in that. Okay. That, that that would be a, a big reason that's more of a, a seasonal reason. I mean, like I said, the, the church historically, at least Western church in modern times, has been that analogy of the football field. You know, the 22 men in desperate need of rest being watched by 60,000 in desperate need of exercise. And that, that can be, but I've noticed that even in churches that have our mindset about it, that we're an all-hands-on-deck church, even other pastors that have that vision and lead that way are experiencing that. So I think it's, it's just time to break out those that, that feel many are tending to their own families and their own issues, and that's real. I mean, I've never been involved in so many intense life situations at once, <laughs> with people that are experiencing everything. I mean, we've had fire, flood, illness, deaths, uh, you know, extended family death. So people are dealing with some heavy stuff <laughs> like that. But I think, you know, I know I was aiming to pick up where you left off in the days of Nehemiah, the days of Ezra all the way on through from Zerubbabel to Nehemiah, they were under duress when the house of the Lord was being built, when the city of Jerusalem was being built. The early church was uh, under constant duress. They were first persecuted by the Jews, then they were persecuted by the local authorities, finally by the Roman Empire itself. They never lagged in their zeal to build the church. Mm. Together with Jesus, we are here today because they were willing to put their lives at risk to build the church. And sometimes, you know, I, we call them first world problems. <laughs> you know, when to hear about why somebody, you know, pulls away from being involved in church, there are good legitimate reasons for somebody not to be hands-on active in ministry. Uh-huh. There's are seasons of life, and I think the body of Christ needs to honor that. Sometimes you think even of a natural body. If you've overexerted yourself in something, you need to rest like that. You need to take a day and just not do anything. You know, we went to New York the other day and walked nearly 10 miles around. I needed a little bit of rest the next day. <laughs> um, and, and you do need to rest sometimes. The The problem is what we got to guard against is getting stuck in that rut and thinking that's my new way of doing church that I'm now in the back row. I mean, sometimes even physically sitting in the back row, but I'm pulling myself out of the fray of being a real living dynamic organism called the body of Christ, where uh, we're doing life together. We're not just visiting with each other once a week for a couple of hours. We're doing life together.
0: Hey, so what I hear you say is that it's not wrong to come into a church. Perhaps you're new to a church in Jembley, or been to another church before. You're not coming with baggage, but perhaps you're coming with uh, um spiritual tiredness or sickness even you're saying that it's okay to come into a church to receive for a period we we say season i guess a lot in the church but it should be a limited season and not a lifetime yeah of just being on the sidelines receiving should be up yeah. okay i mean that's yes yeah, great to hear uh you know what what should you do which is somebody who wants to well this could be personal for our church or specific to our church somebody wants to um to jump in how would they know how would they start to discern where they're called to be at in the in the church what's a good place to start for example
1: yeah well everybody can Mm -hmm. serve Uh, there you know there are positions in the church that involve ministry so that requires for example some kind of foundation in the word Mm -hmm. or requires maybe a little bit of experience in praying for people and teaching and that sort of thing. So that that might be one you know one area that you'd have to really know. What are my gifts? Sure. But you don't need a gift to greet people when they walk through the door. Mm-hmm. You don't need a particular gift to bake the goods for the cafe on Sunday morning, or to come in an hour ahead of uh, service and brew the coffee. It's easy to learn how to use that coffee pot. There you go. Uh, I started in ministry, my church in Boston. Now now at this time, I'd already run summer camp programs with hundreds of kids that had already been involved in ministry like that, but when I found our church in Boston, literally the first thing that I did was clean the toilets and clean the windows for Sunday morning. That was my first job, and I did that for a year. That's all I did. I didn't do any children's ministry. I didn't even play the drums, although I had been playing drums since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I wasn't on the worship team yet, and very wisely, the leadership of that church said, all ministry begins in the place of service. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I, I'll say this, there are some that believe they should just start right in in teaching and leading and in you know singing on the platform and and all of these kinds of things that involve certain pulpit or public gifts okay. but everybody needs to be willing to serve and everybody can serve and must serve mm. the disciples uh, the apostles rather in act 6 appointed seven men to be deacons okay. and they said it's not good for us to wait on tables well they weren't saying we're above this now because God's promoted us to apostle. They were saying it's not a good idea for us to keep getting in the weeds of this because now we're supposed to be providing oversight. Gotcha. So their greater gifts, as I worded it on Sunday, were now needed. And the leadership, the administration, the oversight, the envisioning. But it wasn't like they were above waiting on tables. They fed 5,000 people by hand. Yeah when Jesus worked the miracle of the fishes and loaves, they walked around that crowd. And I don't suppose that was the only time they did something like that. They were involved in practical ministry. So everybody should begin there. And there are all kinds of different ways of getting involved in that kind of practical ministry in a church. When you do that, the leaders of that ministry and the pastoral staff of the church. Now your other gifts begin to shine. For example, if you have a gift of leadership, and you're going to serve in the church as a, on a you know, hands-on like, setup group. For example, I'll just use that as one example. You're setting up for an event. If you have a gift of leadership, it becomes apparent. Because you have a plan and people start looking to you for, hey, how should we do this? And your gift, uh, a man's gift makes room for him, the scripture says. And as you begin to serve, the other gifts begin to come out and shine. And what I was exhorting, and that was more of a prophetic, I hadn't planned on sharing that. A prophetic, I want to draw out the greater gifts and those who have resigned themselves. This is another rut that we can get into. It's easier for me to just show up and set up the tables than to be the one who's meeting and thinking ahead of time. How do we orchestrate this event, even though you have a gift to do that? Those, what I would term the greater gifts, I don't mean they're, they're better than or more important than. I just mean greater in the sense of they move more people. Okay and those are necessary in the body mm-hmm. and those gifts i think are, are are in need of being drawn back out again in the body of christ the leadership gift in particular and if somebody's going to get hurt in the body of christ it usually happens when they dare to step out in leadership in some kind of way um mm-hmm. and now you're putting yourselves out there for for hurt but um did that answer the question and i think i dropped yeah that you oh, oh how's it somebody get started yeah Yeah. Uh, So uh, I think the simple answer, that was a long wordy answer. The simple answer is don't limit yourself to what you think your gifts might be. There's some that are waiting like, when's the next class on spiritual gifts? You don't need a class on what your spiritual gifts are to begin to serve. Those gifts will become apparent as you serve without a survey telling you who you are. Um, I'm not against teaching on that. We do that here. We've done that here. We'll do it again. But if somebody's waiting to say, well, I don't know what my gifts are. Somebody needs to tell me you have an identity crisis. The good shepherd knows who you are. And you probably know more about who you are than you think. And I think if somebody wants to know, hey, wh- what are my gifts? What do you see in me? The five people closest to them could tell them instantly. Here's a- and a simple answer to the question, what are my gifts, is what do people look to you to do? Man. Like If somebody's going to seek you out, what are they looking for from you? Yeah. And instead of going to somebody else. So start with that. But really it's just a matter of being diligent to say this is important i think that the heart behind it is we're part of a great work that it's not just you know we're very kingdom vision oriented here and we are all about you know the church really ministers outside the building but that doesn't mean that we don't build each other out and that we don't have a family that loves each other and serves one another and connects to do life together that's still very important okay.
0: I'll be following up on that. Some of the speaks and also, I'll be stop there on that. to, to be, to come back to the very beginning, you mentioned that when I asked about reasons why people don't get involved, he said typically they don't speak it out and that's, they don't actually verbalize what's been bottled in their hearts. It sounds like the, at the, the first step would be to, to start talking about it. You have a conversation with the church leader. You mentioned that at the end of your sermon Sunday, that, that folks can talk to church leader, you know, one of us to discuss what they we feel called to that sounds like that's the first step they start talking about it
1: it's hundred percent yeah you know it's a scary question to ask but you bring it up i'll just say this real quick that um mm-hmm. there's two reasons why somebody might be scared to speak to somebody about and answer the question what do you see in me mm-hmm. one could be because they have this feeling of i'm insufficient i don't have what it takes and i'm afraid to hear that the other thing i think would be that somebody might say The thing that you think you're gifted at, you're not really good at that. But this other thing over here, you'd be awesome at. And there's a lot of folks who get stuck in a, like, I don't know, like they have this dream, like I'm going to be a dancer or I'm going to be a singer and you stink at it. But you get so caught up in that track and maybe you've even vested some time and some years into it. And it's frightening to hear that's actually not what God wired you to do. You'd be better suited over here that's what business or um, you know, work consultants or career consultants do. Mm-hmm. They help you really hone in on. Here's what I see. Here, here's what's evident. Um, but I think really the Lance Walnut calls it the obvious one one approach to knowing your call in life. To do what comes naturally to you. What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy? What feels as natural as breathing to you when you're doing it? Um, but then the question for the leadership of the church would be. Where can I put that to its best use here? And, but but that's where it begins, is having a harp that says, I want to put my gifts to use to build the body of Christ and not just be a receiver here. I also want to be a giver here. It's good. It's, it's
0: exciting. Thank you for sharing that. Urging yeah. people, comforting people as you use the picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you didn't use any spirits, though. Thankful no, thankful no, I, I leave my weapons at home. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well thank you for watching um, your questions answered we appreciate questions a lot of times these are questions that we talk about together but if you have a question for the podcast feel free to shoot us email call spoke signal I think I have a few coming up about that you'll see that in a few weeks but uh, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us Um, we, um, we trust God's work in your life too appreciate how God is moving all around so thanks for watching this week take care